0: This is a crisis. The Senate must vote the Chancellor emergency powers. He can then approve the creation of an army. In response to this direct threat to the Republic, Mesa proposed that the Senate give immediately emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor. It is with great reluctance that I have agreed to this calling. I love democracy. I love the Republic. The power you give me, I will lay down when this crisis has abated. The Chancellor is not a bad man, Obi-Wan. Anakin. Our allegiance is to the Senate, not to its leader, who has managed to stay in office long after his term has expired. The Senate demanded that he stay longer. Yes, but use your feelings, Anakin. Something is out of place. 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 Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at Conspiracy Kyle, once again, with a K. And also, now you can find me on the Rockfin Network at rockfin.com with new exclusive content. Now on to the show. This episode is titled, The Emperor's New Term Limits. Let's get political, shall we? I know everyone just loves to talk politics. It's definitely not a polarizing topic at all. It's pretty cut and dry. All kidding aside, let's discuss the similarities and differences of the political systems here in America to the political systems of the galaxy in the Star Wars universe. Regarding the Star Wars films only, the political system in Star Wars is unique to each of the trilogies presented. The prequel trilogy had the Galactic Republic, which was operated from the central planet of Coruscant and was ruled by a Supreme Chancellor and had delegates from all planets comprising the Republic as members of the Galactic Senate. The Senate would vote on various disputes, laws, etc. The government then shifted to the Galactic Empire of the original trilogy, which was ruled by the Emperor, a totalitarian leader who commanded full control of the operation of the Empire, still, of course, on the planet Coruscant. The Senate existed still in this government, but in name only and in a more muted form, as the Emperor now made decisions based on himself and not their votes. At the start of episode four in New Hope, you hear Tarkin discuss how the Emperor formally abolished the Senate as it was no longer necessary, and really hadn't been necessary for some time. Palpatine then appointed some regional governors to run different sectors of the galaxy to police his laws and authority. These governors were fiercely loyal to Palpatine, essentially his yes men. So there was no more voting, no more debate, just the emperor's word to rule the galaxy. And then in the sequel trilogy, after the empire fell, we see essentially two different governmental systems appear. At the beginning of the trilogy, we find out the Rebel Alliance leaders reformed the Republic of old as the new Republic and reconstituted the Galactic Senate. This would once again allow for peaceful discussion, debate, and votes on various problems throughout the Republic systems. In contrast to the previous governments, which were based solely on Coruscant, the new Republic instituted a cyclical government capital, which shifted between planets on a rotating basis. You can think of this in regards to companies who hire people and have them do a three-year rotation, one year in three different departments, to help give them a good, well-rounded base of experience in different areas. However, the dream of this New Republic utopia was shattered when the First Order, a sect rising from the ashes of the Empire, launched their superweapon Starkiller Base on the Hosnian Prime System, the current location of the Republic Headquarters. This completely destroyed the new government that had been built. After this happened, there was really no formal government left in the universe. So it almost turned into a sort of anarchy. Now we'll need to talk about the resistance. The resistance was like um, an NGO or non-governmental organization of the New Republic, which didn't necessarily have political leaders. They more or less had military leaders. They were the ones who ran the attack on Starkiller Base to destroy it on behalf of the Republic. But by the end of the sequel trilogy, um, the government is really up for grabs, as the resistance leaders aren't, like we said, they're not really political leaders, they're more like military leaders, so it's somewhat up for grabs as to who will take hold of this galactic governmental system. Now let's go back to the Galactic Republic, or the Old Republic, of the prequel trilogy. According to supplemental materials, George Lucas intended the Supreme Chancellor to only serve one term in the position before a vote for a new Chancellor. It's unclear what this actual term length was, but Lucas had discussed after the original Star Wars was released that the Chancellor would have a four-year term, and that the Chancellor in the time of the prequel era, which he hadn't even really started working on yet, in this era, the Chancellor had, had extended his term to 12 years during a crisis. At this point, he hadn't attributed the name Palpatine to it. It was just loose story elements at this point. But the fact is, he said this Chancellor basically tripled his term to stay in office during a crisis. And we do definitely see that story thread continue into the production of the prequel trilogy. When Obi-Wan tells Anakin in Revenge of the Sith that Palpatine had managed to stay in office long after his term had ended... And Obi-Wan even hinted at the fact that there was probably some funny business going on behind the scenes to make that happen, though he didn't know what, why, or how. We do know that Palpatine was able to maintain control through the use of his emergency powers, and by using the Clone Wars conflict as a device to persuade the Senate that he should remain in office. (laughs) I mean, you need continuity of leadership during wartime. I mean, even if it is a fictitious war that you created, you, you still need that continuity sarcasm and we you know we actually have seen this sort of thing happen in our world as well during world war ii franklin roosevelt was elected to an unprecedented third and fourth terms of president. while running for more than two terms was not illegal at the time it was somewhat frowned upon history tells us that george washington somewhat set a precedent for this by opting not to run for a third term when he could have In 1951, however, a law was made official regarding a two-term limit for presidents. Now, Congress, that's another thing. Those clowns can stay in there for far too long. So here in America, on the surface, presidential term limits prevent the same person from taking office for long lengths of time. But honestly, it's not even the person itself that really matters. It's that same ideology that can lost in office for many years, even decades, and even centuries. I mean, do you think Biden is really rocking the boat far from Obama's policies? Or from Clinton's? Or hell, even the Bush presidencies? They're all part of the same club, the same team, though they subvert the expectations of their constituents by pretending to be a differentiator than prior presidents. But it's all a facade. In Star Wars, it's pretty cut and dry. The emperor was a dictator who repealed any term limits for his office. In our world, it's much more devious, but the same underlying ideologies seem to exist from regime to regime. In closing, the political system of our country is broken, possibly beyond repair. Term limits could be enacted for presidents, congress, etc., but it doesn't seem that there's an end in sight, with the powers that be selecting their own, to continue running this show. Now we do need to talk about Trump. Because he seems to be somewhat outside of this club, but I think one of two things happened. For one, I think he was either a true outsider that somehow got in, but was unable to make any drastic changes to the system due to the overwhelming corruption and mass number of political opponents he had on both sides of the aisle. Or two, the most likely outcome, he was part of the same elite squad of assholes as the rest of them, but his part to play was slightly different than the others. Divide the people even further. Take care of yourselves, in your family, in your friends. In some ways, it's best to not even participate or pay attention to this political game, as all it does is drain our positive energy. But it's sometimes unavoidable. But we can at least place our own limits on how much we let them affect our lives. May the Force be with you.